0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants. 18 plus reward registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and time supply. See McDonald's.com. The Talk sport fan network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident.
0: You got all the stats uh, at your uh, at your fingertips, but um, there we go. So I said um, there were some champagne moments in yesterday's uh, game, and let's start with that goal on 22 seconds, 12 passes before Pato slotted it into the net. The quickest goal I can remember remember watching City score in the opening game of a season was when I was 11. Back in '67, the opening game of the '67-'68 season, Chris Crow. You might be old enough to remember him, uh, Ian. And it three minutes, and uh, they lost three to Huddersfield. But guys, any uh, either of you care to recall a goal as early as that? And then let's talk about the game.
2: I, re- Ian, I remember. Uh, I remember going into um, the stadium at Brentford after five minutes, and I, I think I'm right in saying we were three 0 down. Uh, and <laughs> Keith. Keith Millen was playing for Brentford. Um so I, I remember that as, uh, as as a bit of a bit of an early goal, but uh, I, I don't know, you know, Dave, I, I it's no good asking me about dates. I only know I think I've only got two in my head. And that's ten sixty six in nineteen sixty six. So apart from that, no, I have no. What, idea. what about you, Feb? What about you? what I about don't
3: you remember an early city goal? I, I remember um must have been kind of mid mid late eighties. It being stuck outside the Dolmen trying to get in and hearing a loud roar go up and assuming City had, had taken the lead against Sunderland only to get in the ground and found we were 1-0 down and actually I think I think someone said recently the goal scorer was, was Gary Hours that night so uh, I, I remember an early goal against us not 1-4 certainly not that Good early word, anyway, anyway.
0: But anyway, so we, this time last week we spoke and we said, well, there were signings that were being mooted, and we did end up getting uh, all three of them, which was uh, Chris Brunt, Alfie Mawson, and uh, one of the Session boys. Uh, none of them started. Um, I guess let's look at the starting lineup against uh, Coventry. No surprises, Dave, uh, insofar as he played Wyman in midfield a couple of times. What were your thoughts on that starting lineup?
3: Yeah, I, I guess I was surprised by that. Probably all week, I've been saying. I thought Weiman in there last week against Exeter was a, a bit of a one-off. Uh, maybe to help Han-Noah Masengo, I naturally thought either Morel or Naj would come back into the midfield today. i oh, sorry, yesterday. And Weiman would then be competing for a, for a place up front. So I was surprised that, that he went with that midfield three again. I know Ian, Ian doesn't like it. I think it's... Uh, Done okay, but I think you know it's it's not what I would expect us to go with throughout the season. Uh, so i was surprised on that. And I I'd missed as well when the when the team sheet came out that um, that Jada Silver was out, and it, it wasn't until about 20 minutes before kickoff I'd realised that that Tommy Rowe was in a in a left wing back. So uh, that a couple of little little uh, surprises in there. Obviously we found out that Silver's got some some shin problems. So yeah, not, yeah, not that was what kept him out.
0: No, and that's that shin. You say it's worrying that shin splints thing is uh, something that caused him to miss, uh, well, a good ten fifteen games last season. Ian, your thoughts on the lineup? I mean, the leaving uh, De Silva being out with an injury. The rest of it was predictable to a point. Are you surprised he didn't play any of the new signings or the lads who've been on international duty? What were your thoughts on that lineup?
2: The lads on inter- <coughs> the lads on international duty, yes. The new signings, no, because in the, all the interviews, he'd said, quote, the Fulham lads are two weeks behind. I know that they played 45 minutes each in a friendly against MK Dons, and that's all the football they had. Um, so, no, that didn't surprise me. Uh, Brunt said himself that he needed a couple of weeks training uh, to get himself uh, close to match fit. He'd said that Martin had worked with a um, personal trainer uh, to improve his game and his fitness uh, yeah. during the close season, so I thought he might feature. Um, Williams is injured. I don't know if he if he arrived here injured or um, he was injured in training, and he's not going to be back for another couple of weeks, I think. And the same applies to Liam Walsh.
4: Yeah.
2: So, I, I, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. So, of the new signings, I only expected Martin out of all of them to feature. And I think Sessignon being on the bench was a little bit of a surprise. Obviously, Callum O'Dowd has got a muscle injury, which the way Holden spoke about it doesn't sound too serious. I'm thinking about two weeks for him as well. Um, but the, the thing with De Silva is a worry because um, he, he had he had a, a he fractured his shin uh, last season. That's what the injury was. So if he if he if it's a reoccurrence of that, mm-hmm. which I don't know, um, he, he's off to London to see a specialist. So you know, let's just hope it's good news and it's just a strain or he's bruised it or something like that in training. He's okay. Yeah, because we're going back to the side side, Dave. Now, didn't like don't like that midfield at all. No, and if you come up against a decent side, you're going to get battered with with that. And I also thought um, Taylor Moore looked really uncomfortable, particularly in the first half on the left hand side of that back three, which is why I, I. he did. To throw something out there, I'd like to see a sign, um, a tall left-sided defender who could possibly uh, play that position or left wing back. Although we have got a few options at at left wing back, so uh, especially when O'Dowd is fit. So,
1: yeah, that's what yeah. I thought.
2: But no, I thought we got we, we got away with it yesterday because we could have easily been three-one down at half time and couldn't have complained.
0: No, I think I think you're right, And unless. Go through the action. I mean, Dave, getting that goal after 22 seconds, I mean, it was it was a very well-worked move, wasn't it? Yes.
3: Yeah, it's interesting, Ian, talking about Taylor Moore um, on the left-hand side of, of, of that three. I can't remember another occasion where he actually tried to make a pass with his left foot af- after that initial ball up, which Viman knocked it down to Juju and Juju set set um, Naki Wells away. And, I, and I, feel, I don't know whether that was a, a direct impact of the way Coventry pressed him. It certainly looked like that, that they pressed him onto his left foot, but then he didn't use it. And that really, really closed down the space on that on that side. Go, going back to the goal, or a- after the goal, I, I guess it's a bit cliche when you say, you know, it's, it's kind of the worst thing that could have happened to us going 1-0 up. What it should have done, it should have eased any nerves. And it should have allowed us to then start doing all the basics right, getting good shape and and, and frustrating Coventry. And, and, and we didn't do that. We actually allowed them back into the game. And that was the frustrating thing for that. I, I think, you know, I, I could probably rattle off three or four things that I thought were wrong yesterday. Um, but maybe we'll pick up some of those when we go through some, some of the players. But we allowed them back into the game. We gave them encouragement. Whereas I really hope that what we could have done was made it difficult for them. And then they're suddenly sat there thinking... this step up to the championship is a bit more difficult than we thought. We've been caught out in the first 20 seconds. This is going to be a hard season and we didn't do that. Those those were kind of my initial thoughts on on the way we played in those kind of opening, you know, opening 45 minutes.
0: Well, opening 45 and probably by the last uh, half hour when the substitutions were made. But, uh, Ian, after we'd scored that early goal, it was just like watching a Lee Johnson side playing at its worst, wasn't it? Because there was just Nothing. And I say, Hannan Omosenga, we come on to him as a separate topic because he was getting some pelters yesterday. But, you know, we just surrendered the midfield to them in totality. And there was a great save by Bentz, one of three or four, you know, really good saves. And then I think Callas cleared one off the line. But it, it was just dreadful until the
2: last 30 minutes, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And um, to, to be, I'm trying to be fair to Masengo, who, who, let's be honest, had a stinker. Um, but he was on his own in midfield. So it's OK having a, a, a attacking players in midfield if you're attacking. And I think both sides, to be honest, looked far better when they were going forward than, uh, especially us late on, than when they were defending. And I thought, Masengo was in midfield on his own. That doesn't excuse his performance because you can be on your own and you can still pass the ball or you can still make a tackle. Mm. Um, but that that's why that midfield <clears throat> doesn't work for me. It, it's not really an attacking midfield if you can't get hold of the ball. And our possession was right down yesterday. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing because in the past, I've made the point that when we've had large amounts of possession because we didn't have anybody that was creative, it wasn't actually any good to us uh, because we didn't do anything with it. We didn't have enough shots on target. We didn't put people under pressure. So, uh, but but no, I, I think we should see against Northampton, the lads that haven't had game time should get game time um, if, if we're not thinking of selling them and sending them out the door. Um, so uh, I, I would think that, you know, we can make, easily, even with the injuries, we've got seven or eight changes with an eye on the game at Stoke. So, for example, do you play Joe Morrell or Adam Naj in that game against Northampton? Or do you say, well, you know, have a complete rest and um, you can have 10 days rest and we'll play you in the game up at Stoke? And I think that's something that he's, he's got to consider uh, as long as we stay in the cup competition. If we go out with the cup, there's not a lot of midweek games until we get into October.
3: Just, just on that, Ian, I was just going to talk about Han no, and I think it's a, you know, classic example of kind of cause and effect. You know, I I, I agree. I don't think he had a, he had a very good game yesterday, but I think a lot of that was, you know, down to the way the rest of the team played as well. And and you know, the the two midfielders. I go back to my kind of opening point on this. The two midfielders left or the other midfielders left him isolated on too many too many occasions in both the, the first half and the opening ten minutes of the, the second half. I think they got a little bit, you know, starry-eyed from scoring early on and thought, oh, actually we can we can cheat a bit here in possession or out of possession and we don't have to get back solid. And therefore he was left I made a couple of notes during the game that Sengo was having to do doggies between two two players because Patterson and Vyman hadn't come back. I don't know ifyman gets a gets a lot of stick, but I think other than Patterson's goal, you know, great stuff. Until about sixty minutes, he didn't feature in the game either yesterday. And and that was disappointing as well. I think there was a five just before just he before went half half time, wasn't there, where he came a bit deeper and got the ball. That's what he should have been doing from minute two onwards in my you know, in my book, and, and getting ourselves yeah, a, a like solid it, foundation. Um...
2: They're not. I mean, Voiman and in, in Patterson, let's, let's be frank, they can't tackle the way I have a wet paper bag. Now, Masengo's not the strongest either. So you looked at that <laughs> midfield in terms of... Um, I always remember um, a, a lecture I went to went, uh, once when I was doing some coaching badges and Arsene, they got Arson Wenger to speak. And, you know, people were asking him questions and expecting some really fanciful answer. And they said, well, how do you get a, a side to be better defensively? And he said, well, you played more players who can defend. So if, if players can't tackle, you know, and, and we've got 10 central midfield players, not counting Patterson and um, Weiman. And we played with those two yesterday. Now, I honestly credit to Dean Holden for making the substitutions, but also, you know, let, let also the same applies the other way. He set it up wrong to start with. And like I said, if we'd have been 3-1 down at halftime, we honestly couldn't have had any complaints.
0: Yeah. Any thoughts on the goal, uh, Dave? Their their goal that put them back in uh, contention. Had a degree of inevitability about it, that it was coming, didn't it? It was no more than they deserved.
3: I think you just call that kind of sloppy all round, really. Not winning the first ball, allowing the guy to turn and flick a ball through. A bit of a leg dangle by... By Viner for the initial cross, and yeah. you know, and it comes out. God knew who struck it home, really, and it's just, yeah, it was. It looked like it was on the cards. We'd got a bit lucky up until then, and uh, yeah, the kind of, I guess, you know, we we were fearing the worst probably at that point. Yeah, but
0: the substitutions, though, when they came in the second half and did our winning goal from Callas, and a good choice as captain, in my view, a a natural choice, maybe. But, um, you know, those substitutions, Chris Martin coming on for the uh, ineffectual uh, Mamara and, um, was it, Backinson coming on for uh, um, uh, Masengo, they were inspired substitutions, really, weren't they, uh, uh, Ian, would you say?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I had to laugh. There was—I was following oh, Dave, the game you with some comments. Well, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I am here. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Go, go on in.
2: Yeah. Um, the um, yeah, I was following some on. comments on Twitter, <laughs> and uh, this commentary fan said said, "Christ, they brought Frank Bruno on," um, but I I thought uh, Bakinson in that game or Bakinson, however you pronounce it, um, put. Um, uh, he looks to be, to me now, on the space of what I've seen this season and the end of last season, he seems to be ahead of Masengo for me in the pecking order, or he certainly should be. He's a big physical unit um, and he's got a lovely touch on the ball for a big lad. And mm-hmm. he put me in mind yesterday at times when he was surging forward of, of a of, or breaking up play of a bit of a Patrick Vieira type player that can do do it all. So the first thing I'd be saying is make sure we don't get to a situation where he's only got one year left on his contract. And uh, I, I would play him. I mean, he would definitely start against Northampton on um,
1: yeah. on
2: Wednesday night. I mean, uh, it's and, interesting. and Chris Martin affected the game because he did the things that Fam isn't very good at, which is linking play. Yeah. and he's not good. Well, let's come it. back to Fam. He's not for a minute. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I've got and I got some information on Fam as well for you. Oh, we
0: we'll come on to that in a minute. I mean, again. It was- Good number of threads on uh, uh, Hanoa, on uh, OTIB, and one here that Nogba, uh put on that I've just picked it out of the many pages there. And he said, Backinson came on at a time when Coventry were visibly tiring and was further aided by their influential midfielder, Hamer, departing the action three minutes later. So, you know, we're going a little bit over the top on uh, uh, maybe on Backinson. Uh, and everything was set up to impress against the Coventry midfield because it did look in that last 20 minutes that their legs are gone. Did you see it a little bit like that, uh, Dave? That the, you know, Coventry, they, they were yeah, shot I... for the last 20 minutes. So we could have, well, had Wyman not blasted it over, we'd have won more convincingly, wouldn't we?
3: Yeah, I, I I made a couple of kind of notes in that. Probably in the first 10 minutes of the second half, just before the subs, that they just started to knock a couple of balls longer. Whereas in mm. the first half, they played through that midfield. you know, I think you know we, we, so we'll talk about FAM later, but their centre-backs and their wing-backs passed it around our front two too easily, got into our midfield, and that was where the problems were created, is that then they had four four in midfield and their wing-backs pushing forward against mm. our, our three and our, our wing-backs. And, and I don't think our fours did enough yesterday, especially FAM who laboured, when they had the ball and I don't think I'll, Naki will give you a bit of a burst of energy he's not, not a great presser he's not a Bobby Reed, but he's a bit better pressing than 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 usually is and I think that, that started a lot of our, our problems but I think they did run out of steam a bit and I think we saw signs quite early in the second half that that was happening and I think not bad on on, on OTIP is, is right there it was set up for back into the come I think you know Chris Martin gave us Everything that, you know, those of us that have seen us a, a fair bit over the years thought he would, and I think someone on, on Twitter described him perfectly, he's a platform. And all of a sudden, we got players within 10 yards of our forward line, whereas before, there was like 25 yards. And, and suddenly, that enabled us to get a much better foothold. Suddenly, it was us picking up balls in the centre circle, facing yeah. them, rather than facing our own goal. And that was a big kind of turn of tide for me. I thought Hamer was a fantastic player for them. And uh, I think he'd been booked in the first half and I think he'd got a final warning from the ref as well on it. I think he brought down Patterson and uh, therefore they, they took him off. And that, that was probably quite a big turning point as well as the substitutions in my eyes.
0: Yeah. That performance of Martin, again, some of the things he said he did. Uh, would well, i be right to say we probably haven't had a player up front like that since John Stead, because that was, you know, the performance reminded me some of those touches a little bit like John when he used to play for us. Would you, would you agree with that, uh, Ian or, uh, well, we've had others. Since
2: yeah, John. I mean, he's a he's he's a similar. I mean, he's not as tall as Johnston. I mean, Martin. I thought he was a much bigger man when we signed him. So I looked up the stats, and he, he's five ten. Um, but he's got that technical ability in the strength, and he's got a good jump. Um, and, and and I think you've if you can see what's happening around you, so. Uh, you know that what we used to call seeing a pass, and I think they call it spatial awareness now, or visualization, or something something along those lines. But he's got that, so he knows where the ball's going before he gets it. He doesn't get it and think, "Oh, what do I do now?" Yeah. I don't. And and one of the things that came out of the game, and it's come out of a few games I've watched, I don't think Jizu and Wells are a partnership. No, I don't. I um, if, if you look at, they're both good players individually. Uh, they both score goals. But they're not a partnership, and um, that's why I said yes. I'd have started with giju Environment. Um, on on Jiju, there are uh, numerous discussions going on, and there are numerous offers uh, from abroad for him. Um, and, that, and I've got that from a good source in France. So, do you, so, you think his mind's Do um, you think his mind's elsewhere, then, Ian? Well, to, to me, on, if you're YouTube. going to sign the contract and the same thing applies to um, Eliasson, if they were going to sign the contract, FAM's contract's been on the table for four months. Now, if if they're going to sign it, they would have signed it, I'm sure. Yeah. So, like I said on Radio Bristol yesterday, you know, I, I don't want to hear what a nice lad he is and how much he loves the club and everybody loves him. I'm sure that's all very nice. but. He either's got, it's either if he loves it so much and then he's so happy and we're happy, sign the damn contract. Either that or uh, let's say, right, yeah, okay, you're yeah. not going to sign it. You're going on the list, mate. Yep. Thanks very much for what you've done. Shake hands, part company. But for God's sake, have a replacement lined up. Don't be selling him two days yep. before the end of the deadline and then we're scrabbling around and, and, you know, not having somebody. Then Chris Martin gets a knock and all of a sudden, you know, we've got a, a, a striking force full of midgets.
0: Well, it's, it's, that's an interesting point you make, because if Fam went, would he be... I mean, S- Steve on here, and Steve, do feel free to dial in, because you have been on before. Steve's just said on the, the text on here, Fam can't form a partnership with anyone. And, I mean, if you had Chris Martin up front as a one, and they like playing Vyman come what may, but he becomes... Somebody playing behind Chris Martin, yeah. Then you can boost up that midfield. Should we, if Fan did leave, yeah, we haven't come on to Elia yet. Should we go out and blow a lot of money on another big forward, or say, well, look, in the event of injuries, we can have different front combinations, and we've got Semenya, who looks to be a vastly improved proposition than what he was when he came on and get sent off against Derby. What do you think about that,
3: uh, Dave? Yeah, I, just just on on ian's point totally agree with everything he said there in terms of the contract situation so i won't go back over that but I, I i think fam's one of those players that he's probably you know i guess those supporters who've been and watched us away from home where he's kind of played on his own has probably had his more effective games than when he's played as a partner and i think steve just commented on the on the actual podcast uh, post, that he's never formed a partnership with anyone. And I I agree, I don't think he has. And I think he's probably one of those players to play. We've seen the best of it when he's played on his own. But I think if we're going to persevere with Wells, and I think we should, I thought he's going to get us goals. He gets chances. Um, We've got to find the right man alongside him. And I think Martin's a good option to do that. Um, I think Vyman is as well. I, I think Vyman's clever run. I think when we look back to some of the, the the preseason friendly stuff, there were signs there that actually, they actually had a good understanding in the way that one of them would run long when the other one came short. You don't get any of that from Fam, And and if he's not going to sign that contract, we've obviously given him a decent, you know, offered him a decent deal, but it isn't decent enough that he, he wants to sign it yet. Yeah, I think we've got to move him on. Um I don't think we have to blow loads of money on bringing in a striker. You know, we picked up Chris Martin for nothing, so you know th- those types of players might might yeah. be out there. Yeah. I think there's I think there's someone else that you could look at from say a more longer term position uh, with someone like Macaulay Bonnet Charlton, who you could probably pick up for around about a million quid. I would have thought um, who would be coming in by this time a little bit in in, in this season's team, but then be ready to hit the, hit the ground running next year. And I, I think you know we've already got. Martin, Vyman, Wells, and, and Semenyo, who can, who can do the, the, the minutes there. Okay, I guess your only real yeah. worry then is it, if Martin yeah. picks up an injury, you've not got a player of that of that type. But maybe that's where, where hopefully Martin can get hold of Semenyo and show him how to play that role a bit more effectively. Yeah, yeah I'd, I like to, I, I, Steve, I'd
2: like to think if 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 Eliasson went, I wouldn't necessarily think we should replace him because, certainly not with a winger, let's put it that way, but we could use the money from him and FAM. To to bring in a quality uh quality striker because I think you need uh, I mean at the moment we've we've got if you look at players that can play up front and the only way I I um, put up with Patterson and Viman in the same team is if Pato's a ten and Viman is a second striker but we've got two I'll call them target men in Fam and Chris Martin and we've got three strikers in in Viman. Semenyo in Naki Wells. Now that, I think, if you, if, I, if we had that for the season, I'd be reasonably happy with that. Uh, but if Jiju's out, you've only got four and it only wants Martin to get injured and all of a sudden you're back to playing uh, two, well, I say smaller players. Semenyo's looking a bit of a unit this year as well. So perhaps like Dave said, he could do that job. But I'd still like to see us, if we're going to play two, I'd like to see us have five so that we don't need to wear players out because we don't want to do the thing that we normally do, which is get to Christmas and then, you know, we're, we're playing on memory for the last half of the season or certainly towards the end of the season and sliding down the table, yeah. which is which is what's happened the last, I would say, probably the last three seasons.
0: Well, you're yeah, 100% right there, Ian. I mean, Steve's uh, joined us uh, in the studio. Welcome, uh, Steve. Um, Good morning, boys. Let's uh, change the subject, talk, still talking about the game. Callas... Um, being made captain I thought his and Dean's post-match interviews were refreshing you know they were you know enjoying the win but just being realistic on what the performance was like but Callis as captain uh, Steve what did you think of that
4: yeah yeah spot on obvious choice for me international um, experience of promotion age is right Uh, quite simple for me
3: Dave 100% And do you agree with that as well, Dave? um, He's my first choice all all, all summer. So, yeah, I'm delighted he's he's got it. And uh, it looks like he really wants to do well in that role as well. I I, I thought there there were two interviews last night. There was the the official club one, but there was also the the Radio Bristol one. And I think there was a real kind of self-awareness piece in there as well around, you know, I cost this club a lot of money, I'm paraphrasing. You know, there's big expectations of me. I'm going to have to grow into this role as captain as well. I just thought those were really, really kind of good things to hear from someone who kind of is taking it seriously. You know, and I, I think that's a really positive sign for us and hopefully his head will be really screwed on and we'll see the, the level of performances that we saw in 18-19 in when he played alongside Webster. It was
0: interesting as well. It was interesting as well that Dino said that he put together a little motivational video that he got the media team on and that shows a sense of responsibility in the position, doesn't it, Ian? Yes, that, you know, you've got a captain that is doing something outside of his normal nine till five, taking that amount of uh, pleasure. Yeah, and being I, given I, the...
2: I think there's I think there's two things about, what, well, two or three things about a captain that I'd say. Number one, it's got to be a player who the other players look at and think, yeah, he's worth his place in the side and if fitting in form, he's an automatic first-team choice and that Calas is. Uh, I think there are different types of leaders. Yeah. that Some are shouters and bowlers and some lead by example. And I think, yes, he led by example. I and mean, obviously, I, you, you know, you can't hear if he's shouting and bowling at people on the pitch. But these days, people don't, in any walk of life, don't respond to that as well as they did years ago. Those, those days are gone. Um, and, and, I, and I think they've got to want to have the job. It, it, some people you can make them captain and give them extra responsibility or promote them, and and they regress because they, they feel like they got the weight of the world on their shoulders. Yeah. So, but I think everything that was- that I heard from Kalas and everything that uh, I saw him do—I mean, that was one of the best games I've seen him have for a while. I've got to be honest, he made some fantastic clearances, particularly when we were under pressure. Yes, he like did. Heading the ball yeah. two—you know—heading the ball two feet off the ground and Things like that, that's setting a great example to the younger lads like um Viner and Moore.
3: It's, it's that near post area was brilliant yesterday, yeah. Yeah, he did
0: a couple it, of good blocks and a couple of headers as well. Where he got his body behind the ball, didn't
2: he? In
4: essence, well, if you, don't we if think you that...
2: sorry, Steve, sorry, Ian.
4: no, you were making some good points, Sarian, and it to simplify it. To me, he's somebody who will thrive on the captaincy, and probably will see the best of Thomas Callis as we started to do yesterday. Whereas you can throw it at another player um, who's extra, who needs to concentrate on his own game. I mean, people were talking about Taylor Moore, but to me, Taylor Moore needs to sort out his championship game before we put any extra sort of responsibility on him,
0: any additional pressure no, on think him. I you... sort of think, yeah, no, I get that. I okay, you guys.
2: So go on. Ian. I think you're right. I mean, but if you look at it, when Nathan Baker's fit, um, and I know that won't be until Christmas, but we could have a back three. We're thirty that that cost us, or on on the the evidence of their last transfer, thirty two million quid. That's the back three. And and it's been a it's been a long time since you know you could say that about Bristol City. Ever I thought. <laughs> <yeah>. Sorry, <laughs> ever I
4: thought. <laughs> ever. Yeah.
2: yeah, You know, because if you look at it, Adam Webster when he was with oh, us was a three and a oh, half million pound oh, oh, centre half. Oh.
0: Yeah, and we had Benkovic as well in there last season as well. So it's, a, I mean, yeah. look, it's a different, it's a totally different playing field to even four years ago. But look, I'm going to use Ian's match ratings for us to say whether we agree or disagree, rather than each give our own. So Ian emailed these to me this morning. So Ian, you can uh, sit and listen and challenge somebody who violently disagrees with you. But uh, Ian's given. Uh, Bentley a 9 out of 10 and he wasn't flapping. He did some great saves and as Ian said, we could have been 3-1 down uh, at one stage. Uh, Febbs and uh, Steve agree with his rating. 9, maybe a bit too high or justified on there?
3: 8 for me but I'm not going to argue with a 9. I thought he, he, right. he was right. key yesterday.
0: Yeah. If we go across the back 3, uh, Viner 7, Callus 8, Moore 5. Uh, for me, yeah, more. Was five, he was playing out of position, and he's really saying to Taylor, Look, you know, Viner, you know, v- you can, Viner can't play on the left, you can. So we we'll put Viner there in the absence of anybody else, and you've had a bit of a poor game. I hope that doesn't go badly against him. But seven for Viner, eight for Callas, five for more. Agree or disagree, guys, with what Ian said on those three?
3: It's certainly got the, the right kind of bandings in there. I, I thought Viner, for some of the good stuff he did on the ball, probably. Wasn't quite as good defensively in, in certain situations, but you know, Callas was the pick, Viner was second, and, and yeah, the wing backs. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, yeah.
0: Uh, do you agree with that as well, Steve. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. As a one, yeah. two, three, never mind the marks in. There. Yeah, from that point of view, the yeah, two yeah. wing backs. I mean, Hunt, Hunt and Rowe are they're, they're they're okay, aren't they? Ian's given them both a six, and I tend to agree with that. They didn't do anything bad, but they weren't like. You know, doing anything uh, great. Uh, Steve, your thoughts on the wing-backs? Both are six.
4: Yeah, fine. Um, just quick, one quick point with Karras, Dave. I was surprised when Taylor Moore was struggling quite clearly in the first half that Karras didn't come on onto the left side of the three centre-hours. He played there for the Czechs uh, last week and looked really comfortable and maybe let Taylor Moore sit in the middle. But, uh, sorry, i diverted from the wing-backs about right. No, oh,
0: that's a good point. Good point. Yeah, about right. OK, the middle of the park, um, Ian's given Patterson a seven. That's obviously for the goal, yeah? He's given Masengo a four. And the assist, Dave. And the assist, that's yes, true. Masengo a four, which some people might say is a bit harsh on a youngster who's given no support. And Viman a six. I mean, Fevs, um, do you agree with that? Bit harsh on Masengo and bit generous to Patterson or about right, a 7 Six and a four, respectively. Patterson, Vimen. I don't, I don't
3: think Masengo was that 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 bad, and I and I, I don't think Viman was a was a. I, you know, am a big fan of Vyman but I thought yesterday he was he was below par. I, I give him and Masengo a five, and I give Patterson a seven. I Think Patterson was quiet for the game, but you know, you've got to, you've got to give him credit for his end product. At the moment, he's on a fantastic run since he's come back to the club. Um, I think that's kind of like seven or eight goals now in about. 18 and 19 appearances for a guy playing in midfield. I think, you know, if he can be that player that can get us into 10 or 12 goals this season, that's going to be massive for us because we really haven't had enough goals from midfield over the last three or four seasons. He's no, 100 He is a good finisher.
0: Who are, talk- who, do you- who are we talking about there, Steve? Vyman? Uh, no, uh, Paterson. yeah.
4: No. He's, a- he's, a- he's, a- right. he's a very You're good right. finisher. I mean, if OK, then up chances.
0: front, Ian, yeah. Ian, if he gets the chances up front, Ian's given uh, a very average five for both uh, Naki and uh, and Fam um, uh, Fevs. I mean, is that, that's about it, really. I mean, uh, Naki Wells was was okay. Dizu mm, wasn't that great at all. What, what are your thoughts on those marks there?
3: Yeah, I think you know, weather. You yeah, know, is a five or a six. He, he was the better of the two. That's all I, I'll say yesterday. And he, and he set up Patterson yeah. with a with a good good ball across as well. But yeah, not not the best uh, front two uh, performance
0: it was. That we've ever yes, seen.
3: And we and we won't
0: dwell on the subs, but Ian's given Martin and Backington seven, which I think is true, and Semenyo six. So, all in all, three points, Only game of the season. It's three points on the board. You'll look back, you'll forget the performance, but it's three points on the way to where we are. I mean, guys, one thing uh, I've noticed, not only in the City games, but just watching Match of the Day, yesterday's referee, John Brooks, who Ian gave an 8 to. I didn't really notice the referee. And I'm thinking, has the standard of refereeing improved? And is it because they're not getting the crowd baying at them for every marginal decision? Febs, what's your view on referees in general? Today's referee, you didn't notice him. Nothing dodgy that I can think of. But do you think it's they're under less pressure in these empty stadium environments, Dave?
3: Yeah, I think that's quite a big part of it, actually. Uh, I think also players. Perhaps with COVID and having to, you know, I think the initially when we came back last season, you know, you can't go anywhere near the ref, for example, and, you know, have an argument with them. I think that's helping as well. So we're not seeing those, in some cases, predetermined flare-ups between teams who are trying to influence the referee. I think some of that's gone out of the game. I think, I think the other thing from watching, watching Quest and watch Match of the Day, um, I thought there seemed to be a lot of teams, certainly in the Championship, who look undercooked at the moment in terms of being sharp. And, you know, you could lay that blame at us yesterday as well. I I think whether the kind of short pre-season break has meant that it's kind of a slightly different, you know, build-up to the season. But quite a lot of sides look like they they haven't quite got sharp yet.
0: Mm, That's interesting. Uh, Ian, what what, what are your thoughts on the... Overall standard of uh, of, of refereeing. I'm, I'm, you could even include the last few games of last season because there haven't been too many howlers like we seem so used to get.
2: No, I mean in fairness, we have had Keith Stroud lately. So, uh, <laughs> but no, I would I would say I, I thought uh, one of his one of his yellows was a little bit fussy. Um, but in in all honesty, I think the standard of refereeing has gone up. I, I remember it the end of last season and right through last season giving lots of referees somewhere between an eight and a ten because Mm -hmm. I I, I thought some of the performances as you say what you look for is abject howlers you know okay we're home fans we don't want to see Baker sent off but you know (laughs) then you look at the challenge back in slow motion you think well hang on if the boot was on the other foot and it was one of their lads that had done that I mean I thought Hamer was reasonably lucky uh, I think if the, there'd have been 20,000 in Ashton Gate Hamer might have gone off um and I tweeted that when he got his first booking because yeah. he was putting himself about a bit um and, and I think if there had been a crowd in the ground he could have gone for that second foul so that that's a good point that Dave's made with a an empty stadium uh there isn't as much pressure on them I don't think and uh, and, and in fairness uh, I think, yeah, the overall standard has been pretty good in the EFL. I, I haven't had too many complaints. Uh, we, have, we have had the lad that uh, refereed the game at Villa when we lost 2-1. He was appalling. But, th- there, th- as I say, that's why those guys really, really, really stand out because the average has been pretty good. Yeah, I think
3: you're yeah, right Steve- not that. Easy. Sorry, Dave, just to chip. it out. It's, it's, I, it's, they're, they're always going to make mistakes, it's when they make the ones that are kind of blatantly where it looks like, you know, they just don't understand the game. Those are the ones that always get me, you know, where they, they've they almost predetermined it's going to be a foul or it's going to be a, a corner and actually something slightly different happens and they've already made up their mind and they can't, they can't change. Those are the ones that really bug me. And I, I don't think we see much evidence of that. I think, it, you know, hopefully it is an improvement. Hopefully it's slightly down to the, the circumstances of, you know, being behind closed doors as well. That's a good thing if we're not talking about referees every week.
0: Yeah, Steve, I guess you're going to concur with what uh, Ian and uh, Dave have said as well, yes? Or uh, or no,
4: maybe? Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> a, 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 a great question, Dave. Great subject. Caught me on the, the hop a bit. But I thought both Ian and Mark, uh, Dave made some great points. No distractions for the referees. Thinking back over the games I've watched, I thought, yeah, the standard hasn't been bad. I think Keastrow did the uh, Friday night game that I watched and was pretty decent to be fair. The referee doing the Birmingham game yesterday. No, I, awesome.
0: I saw yeah, I thought, who's that little man? I know that face, <laughs> and it was him. Yeah. Okay.
4: Certainly
0: helped. This is a squad game. Um, Casey Palmer, um, Dave, he, 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 it's not looking good for him, is it? Your thoughts?
3: No, I, I can only assume is select or non selection yesterday means that you know him and Dean have had that chat this week that Dean referred to on Monday night on on Jeff Twentyman and uh, he's not in his plans and, and I guess we we're looking to, to to move him that's the only way I can think of it at the moment and I think it'd probably be the right decision you know I think he's got a hell of a load of ability um, but unless you're going to play a system that, that suits him at the moment then I'm not sure where he where he fits in he's certainly not above ahead of Jamie Patterson, who I could probably say this on every on every uh podcast we do, who's you know come back in and has delivered and, and that's the difference.
2: Yeah. Well, can I just make, make a point I think a yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, point that on. Dave yeah. made there is key about the formation we play. So for example, if he's not going out <clears throat> I'd play him in the game against Northampton but I would play I, I, I keep on about this three, four one two, which I think suits the players that we've got, or you play a three five two and you don't play. Now we've got two natural tens at the club. Now that we've sold uh, signed Schmodics, uh, sold Schmodix. um and those are Palmer and uh, Patterson. They are absolutely natural number tens. So if you're going to play with a ten, uh, then then you keep them both. Uh, if you're going to play a three-five-two uh, with a, a three-narrow in midfield, uh, then you can let Palmer go um, uh, because you, you've got. I mean, we've got, including Palmer, we, we have got. Uh, sorry, not including Palmer, we've got ten central midfield players. So the first thing he needs to do is make up his mind about yeah. exactly what the formation is and who fits where. And if yeah. you're not playing a ten. Then you don't need Casey Palmer, but I would prefer if it wasn't alone. And and he was he was sold because we need he costs big money. He's on big wages, and, and and we need to recoup that money in mm. difficult times. And he's another one that you could you could sell him. Um, and Lyason, and um, you wouldn't need to replace the squad and in any massive way. De- you Dean right you saying- was talking. About Oh, Dean Alden's talking about thinning out the squad. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's what you could do. And, and it re, re, reduces the, the wage bill at the same time. Although you would need to, as I say, you would need to sign a forward replacement if Fam goes out. But assuming Fam stayed and they moved on, then, you know, you're OK. Yeah.
4: I think we Dave, need to take a hit, a hit on him. Sorry, Steve, carry on. Yep. Take a hit I'm on sorry, Parliament, Dave. Um, you're I, saying I, we might. Need I, to do that. I think we'd have to. Yeah. Yeah, if, if we're able to
3: offload him at all, Dave. To be honest. Yeah, it might be even one of those cases where yeah. you know someone picks up you know some of the fee or a lesser fee, but you know we they take all of his wages or a, a, a you know a slightly bigger fee, but actually we still carry on contributing. You know, it's not a great situation to be in. Twelve months after no. he, he, he signed, but that that may be the way to, you know, one turn the squad and, and one and two bring in bring in some money as well. I think it was interesting as well that, that Holden said on, I think it might have been in his pre-match in, in, interview rather than last week on on GF that, you know, it's not just young players they're looking to to move out. It's uh, I can't remember if he used the word you know experienced or or what, but you know, there's definitely a thought there that there are some players that aren't going to get the minutes that they would be expecting and therefore it's probably best for all that they yeah. they move on and, and I think Even depending on that. who that is it's either a loan or a permanent but I agree with you and I think you know we don't want to loan him out unless that's the only thing we can do
0: Yeah no it's not looking good for him now interesting talking about minutes play there's a guy called Prinny put something on the uh, and he got a few pelters on another. And he's quite new on O'Tib, But uh, it was an idea that comes from uh, the NFL where they say what's happening with the squad. And it says, so how would it work? Well, when you're handing in your team sheet to the media department, they release it one hour before kickoff. Alongside ticking the boxes on the players selected, you write a reason for the players not selected. And they would have codes like I, health-related reason for not being selected. F, healthy but not fit. R, healthy, fit, but due to the amount of minutes played, they're not playing. NS, healthy, fit, but not selected. Coach's decision. Um, Dave, you, you're a good fan of Morel. Now, this business about it, he played too many minutes, right? I wouldn't have expected Naj and Morel to both be starters yesterday, but, you know, when you have that weakened midfield, as we are saying it was to some extent, do you think Morel? you know, that, that really washes that Morel was too tired. He's 23. You know, he can play two games in, in a week, can't he? Or is there some something about him maybe being uh, sniffed around by Watford? You, you know, is there anything to be read in that? Yeah, I,
3: I, I'll ask you I don't one, know. Dave, I guess I was... that question. Morel and Minich, oh, in I, general. I, I was surprised he, he wasn't wasn't starting yesterday, let alone in the 18. You know, there was talk as well of be he had a tight calf as well. So, you know, yeah. We have to kind of trust that, that that was the case and that was the reason for it, for his non-selection. But I think if we look back to a guy who's played two games, in know, you know, a short space of time for for Wales, but only had to move, you know, drive fifty miles back across the the, the Seven Bridge. You know, it wasn't like he was travelling or anything like that. I think if we if we look at the schedule that was, you know, would have been down for the players last week, you would have expected him to get Monday off because they played on Sunday. Come back into the group on Tuesday. I think Dean had mm-hmm. said they were they were all having a rest day on Wednesday because of the international stuff, ready to do a, a kind of two day preparation for the game yesterday. And so it seems a bit bit strange that he he didn't feature. I, I've you know as for transfer rumours, I, I I don't know I, I, whether that's that's true. It's come from a, a guy on Twitter called I think Wales away fan is is the guy who started it. You know, I have no idea whether that guy's trust trust wherever you're in the know or not but yeah disappointed he wasn't there yesterday because mm-hmm. I, I think I think he's a good player, I think he's got yeah. a really big season ahead of him Yeah definitely, anyway next match is up on Wednesday
0: as Ian rightly pointed uh, out to me, I, for some reason well probably because we already do play on a Tuesday it's Northampton Town, managed by Keith Curl, former player of ours uh, before we went on to uh, enjoy Premier League football and etc etc not being the greatest uh, success rate as a manager until recent years but Keith Curls Northampton Town Um, Ian what I think the side that play against Northampton Town will look different to the side that plays against Stoke so we'll look at both those games in uh, isolation Ian Northampton match is he going to give Max a game in goal is he going to mix it up a lot so very succinctly give us your starting
2: 11 I'll give you the Wednesday I'll, I'll give I'll give you the starting 11 O'Leary, back three, Viner, Moore in row. Uh, mid, midfield from right to left there's 3-4-1-2 again. Sessignon, Masengo, Bakinson, Eliasson playing left wing-back. Um, Palmer at 10. Wells and Semenu up front. And that's with an eye to the Stoke game for Morel and, and Nash to start. On the bench, Woolacott, Callas, Hunt, Morton, Eli- um not Liaison, somebody else. Uh, Martin Envoyman, because I I probably look to start uh, Martin at at Stoke as well. Callas definitely started Stoke. Hunt probably as well. So that that's the team I'd pick.
0: Yeah. What about you, Steve? Your thoughts on the Northampton?
4: Uh, caught me cold a bit on this one, <laughs> Dave. To be honest, but uh, the, general, uh, Ian, so, the general. Just say so you principle. agree with Ian. Just say so you agree with Ian. Yes, and uh, no one wants <laughs> to say that. Uh, no, <laughs> I agree with Ian. I I agree with the Michael principle Stewart. of having the stoke the stoke game. Uh, my primary thoughts. The only uh, point I would make, I'd have to sit down and work it out, but would be that Northampton. Are, I've seen them a few times recently. Been on um, quite a physical side and. If we want to continue in the Cup and have those midweek games to give players minutes and we want to win it, I have picked the side with that in mind as well, the physicality.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Steve, on, on that. Uh, Northampton are about as direct and physical as you can get. Certainly, that, that was the way they played um, in, in getting promoted from from, from League 2. Um, and I, you know, I think they gave a pretty good account of themselves. I think it was it Cardiff they beat in the, the, the Cup as well. Um, yes, three, no. they got got three, a, Yeah, I think they got a six foot five guy up front. Not sure if he played yesterday, actually. So, um, but yeah, I think that, be I a, think that'd, that'd be a bad. worry. For, worry for me is is going there with what I would call a young side, uh, you know, and, and, and perhaps uh not going to. I think it's a perfect time to, to give Mawson some some minutes, try and get an hour out with him, and, and see where he is. Uh, I think, say, Cessignon Sessignon as well, um, and, and probably Chris Martin. I think I'd want to see all three of those starting. Get an hour under their belts and, and, and see where that that takes us. Even even and maybe maybe yeah. maybe be no, ready as well.
2: I do, I don't think Brunt will be ready, but I take your point. No. If if Mawson's close, I, I think you know take Tommy Rowe out because he, he we're going to need him at Stoke because I can't say, unless De Silva's got a you know a real small injury mm. um, uh, and you could put Mawson in on the left hand side of that. Back three because he's very good at, at bringing the ball out. Yeah, um, I so, think that
4: back three, that back three of Roe Viner, and Taylor Moore would get bullied. I've got to be honest, Ian. I think you either need Callas or the obvious one, as you say, is Mawson, really, in there to marshal it and, and yeah. run it really.
2: I'm just getting an. I'm just putting an eye on Stoke. I'd, I'd hate to see sure. Callas get get a knock and not be able to play at sure. Stoke because remember i'm i'm saying we need to go out if the silvers injury is is anything like long term and possibly if it isn't i think we need a, a tall left-sided defender um they were
4: Greg. Wasn't they?
2: Hmm. no it that's Very that's Kenningham. not gonna that's not gonna happen but they were I know for a fact looking at Phillips at Liverpool um and now he'd be he'd suit us more because he he can play that left- side um, centre back position, and, and I think if especially if we're in the cup or, or when games are coming thick and fast, you know, sort of um, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, um, I think you need to freshen things up from time to time because you know, people I don't want us to get worn out again, um, and um, especially with you know, we've got we're only one game into the league season, we've got we've got five players that are injured. So I think we just need to be a little bit careful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And if you look at those five, Ian, as you've written on here, Baker, Walsh, De Silva, Card and Williams, four out of those five would be nailed on for everybody's best starting 11, perhaps. Yes. To, to, to some extent. I don't know yeah, absolutely.
2: With absolutely yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't loan a 20 million quid centre-half and not play him, do you?
0: No. Yeah. So if you look at Stoke, let's roll it. I mean, do we think this week, guys, that there's going to be any departures? Do you reckon, you know, if we were going to pick, not pick one from three, but if there was a short list of three to leave in the next seven days, it would be Dijoux, Eliasson and Palmer. Yeah. Two for sale, one over loan. Ideally, all three sold. Yeah, but that's not going to happen, is it? Dave, do you think that those three are the only likely departures now before, departures before the transfer window uh, shuts which is a good few weeks away yet yeah. just those of, three.
3: of the of the senior players yeah i think you know we'll see what happens with the likes of uh, james morton etc but yeah those they, those three players if we if we could move two of them on for some sensible money i think that would be uh, very welcome
2: i don't i don't forget i think adelakin would definitely go yeah
3: yeah
0: we forget so we forget another... about it <laughs> yeah yeah that would be another yeah. one um, so, Max O'Leary, a season on the bench, playing second string to uh, Dan Bentley then, yeah? Would yeah. you say that's he's going to... Yeah. He's, and he's young enough, that he could do a season of being on the bench and go out on loan next year and still be, what, well, under 25 or something like that, which is which is young for a goalkeeper. So, looking forward to the Stoke game, which is a week today, and we've now got those players that a week ago, we said we could really get all three. Looking forward to the Stoke game, starting 11, this would be... Mine clearly Bentley in goal, and then more Calas and Mawson as a central uh, central three. Um, Hunt now, Cessignon, Can Cessignon play on play on the left and the
3: right. As a, he has yes, played some, a wing back, he's or, played or, some age group or, stuff or, on the left at left wing back. All right,
0: on that, on, on that basis, then you could have Hunt at right wing back and then Sessignon at left, that's with Rowe going on the bench, then Rowe could either come in and fill that position, or the left side, if Mawson can only do 70. My midfield next week, midfield three, would be Morel, Patterson, and, well, it's going to be Viman, I think, Yeah, regardless of what any of us might think. And then up front, Martin,
2: God.
0: you know, Martin and Wells, maybe. What well, Does anybody fundamentally disagree with that prospective side against Stoke? You know, that's just bringing, that's yeah, bringing I'd, in I'd, three... I'd Morel and Mawson.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't play Sessignor yeah. and left wing-back. Wing back. I wouldn't play Sessignor and left wing-back instead of row and I'd have Naj in the midfield. You need, particularly away from home, you need two midfield players, not a striker and a 10. So, <laughs> if, you, if you want to play Patterson and call it a three, then he needs two midfielders in there with him. So, you, you either go Naj Morel morell in Bakingson, as and then you can play Patterson, and he can get forward and do his his stuff um, up front. Probably, I don't know. I think it might be worth giving Martin in Wells a start, and then you've got and sticking Semenu in Fam on the bench. Bear in mind, that one thing Fam does do really well uh, is defend set pieces, and and we might need that away from home at Stoke. I know. It's a lousy reason for picking a centre forward, but it, it is a. Um, an arrow in his quiver, so to speak, is something that he does do well.
0: Mm. Dave, what are your what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm, Dave I'm, Vyman I'm, sort of I'm, has got the
3: shirt. Yeah. I, I I think that midfield three is, is as Ian's called it, it's gotta be you know, Patterson, I'm you know, I'm probably gonna say him every week unless he starts getting tired. So I think you have to play him in there with two let's call them proper midfielders. And for me that's either a combination of Joe Morrell and Adam Naj. Or you know maybe Bakinson gets a gets a start. I think you know we're, we'll probably understand a little bit from the from the cup game. I think Tommy Rowe at left wing back is is is, is solid enough. I think Hunt will probably get the right wing back because I think Cessignon will probably play on, on on Wednesday night. And then up front I think it's Naki Wells and, and it's either Chris Martin or, or Andy Vyman alongside him. I don't think it's Fam um, and Chris Martin's... a uh, Ian's right actually he's, he's not he's not as tall as you, you think he is. Um but he's he's pretty adept in the air and he's one of those people who gets his body in there as well. And I think he you know he can do that job on the on that kind of near near
2: post or is it mid goals as LJ used to call it? Uh, yeah, that that mid goal well. position. Yeah. <laughs> don't let's get, let's don't get. start me off on, on yeah. pomo. Yeah. I'm, just, yeah.
3: I'm just reading the admin here, Dave.
4: Yeah, I, <laughs> I, won't
0: read, I won't read that out loud. Yeah, but who who, um, who who said something in there? If it's somebody from admin over in America, they obviously don't understand football possessions and such like. But uh, <laughs> positions, either. <laughs> yeah, no, don't think we've said. Nathan, there. Uh, but but there we go. Guys, anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap up our Sunday brunch uh, session? Uh, Steve, you've been a bit quiet because we've been talking over you a bit, but uh, any thoughts? You're feeling positive going into the second week of the season? Yes, yeah? so, blue skies
4: above Ashton, as far as you're concerned. Ashton Gate. I think. I think a lot's going to happen over the next few weeks with ins or or outs particularly, and obviously players coming back. But I'm slightly slightly concerned that we were so poor yesterday where we've been playing that system since Dean took over and he's had plenty of time on the the training ground. But I'll reserve judgment until those main players start to come back, I think. I wonder about the system, Dave, long term, but uh, that's for another week.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, Ian, if you look like at... Well, I'm not... I don't feel any different now from uh, when I was uh, at the, the end of last season. I think, you know, good thing is he's strengthened the position where an awful lot of people, not just me, said we needed strengthening. So that's a tick in the box. Yeah, uh, he's, I, I haven't got a problem with any of the players that he's brought in. I still think we need a... a a, a Baker replacement, if you want to call it that, the left-sided defender, tall guy. Um, and in midfield, my first choice midfield would still be the same. Uh, then you have to work out what you're going to do with Pato. So you can use him as an impact player, or you can play more of a 4-5-1 and use him as a, a 10 or a second striker. Uh, but I, I he signed Williams for a reason, and that's your holding midfield player, I'm sure. And he's given Walsh an eight and wants him to sign a new contract. Um, and you've got Joe Morell, who's yeah. been pulling up, pulling up trees and getting man of the match performances for Wales. So, for me, those three have to play in midfield. And I think once we've done that, I'll, I'll, I'll start to feel a bit more a bit more relaxed about it, about the whole thing. I mean, if you think Brentford played four five one, come four three three last year, and they finished up with a goal difference of about forty three, so I'd love to see us do that.
3: He's still there, Dave? And your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I'm still there. So I had a little break there in the connection. Um, and and your thoughts? Uh, and, and your thoughts, Dave? Uh, you know, you're probably the most positive of uh, our little group. But uh, it's it's not looking too bad. Obviously, another win, and then if we avoid defeat at Stoke, and then give a good account of ourselves, assuming Villa beat Burton, you know, it's not. It's it's looking. Well, we said this two weeks ago. We feel a lot better than we did eight weeks. Ago.
3: Yeah, yeah, I definitely. think you know, yesterday was probably my my most disappointing performance, or you know, the team's disappointing performance. Uh, but I think we got to come away from that and think it was, you know, potential banana skin playing a promoted club first first game up, and and we've come through it. It wasn't great, you know, um, but hopefully it's one of those ones where Dean Holden will look at that and think, yeah, I look back on the tapes. There, there are a few things there we didn't get right. You know, and certainly against that type of side who like to pass out from the back, there's probably some adjustments to be made. Um, and let's hope he he, he does that and we we build upon that. He ain't gonna get everything right every, every single week. You know, he might have just thought again, yesterday. they had Noah's in there. I want to play him with a bit of experience, and maybe he's realised it it needs uh you know, a proper set of midfielders in, in there if, if we're gonna play that, that way and uh hopefully he moves on from it. So yeah, still still positive. Two two wins from two. So. All right,
0: before, before I'm, I'm going to wrap up and then just to cut the tape when we do the official wrap-up and then we'll leave the line going for a second. So first of all, I'm going to say listeners and contributors, thanks to you all. We've had uh, 30 thanks, people Dave. in the room yeah, listening thanks. to it, that's quite good. So uh, we'll say uh, cheerio for now. And now this bit, this next 30 seconds is not going to be on the recorded version or get uploaded to uh, OTIP. But obviously we've had somebody in Podbean Admin here, has been on the line saying uh, we shouldn't, I'm sorry guys but can you not talk about sex
1: positions The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help if your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116-123. That's 116-123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last Nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. the McDelivery now and the McDonald's app. UN, our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery and times supply. Simmcdonalds.com.
3: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talk Sport.
0: Powered by fans.